morning. My name is Morgan Wilson, and I'm a rising senior through Florida's virtual school. And our scripture passage today comes from the 14th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, beginning with the 13th verse. It says, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that we may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves into the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed them, and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over to the, bro- to the broken, and they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. This is the word of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Food and faith go together very well in Presbyter- among the Presbyterians all over the world. I don't know about other denominations, but I know we Presbyterians gathered and eat together all the time. We eat at church, at homes, at restaurants, and at outdoors, picnicking and hiking in the parks, campgrounds, in, in, and even in the wilderness. Where two or three of us are gathered together, there is food, especially if one of us is me. In this hall, in this church, we eat many different times. Even yesterday, as Kay was talking about Sandy Stewart's life being celebrated, a part of that was eating together right here. Food is important for our daily living, for our bodies and minds to be healthy. Food is also important for our faith, our spiritual lives, and our souls as well. Food was important to Jesus all throughout his ministry. Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine at a wedding. Jesus ate what Peter's mother-in-law woke up and fixed and cooked for him after he has healed her from sickness. Jesus multiplied two fish and five loaves, as Morgan read to us in today's scripture, I imagine that he sat down and ate with them as well. Jesus served bread and wine as the Last Supper with his disciples, and Jesus made and served breakfast to his disciples on the lake shore after his resurrection. Have you ever noticed that the last thing he, Jesus did with his disciples was eating supper with them? The first thing he did with them after he has risen from the dead was eating breakfast with them. 
We serve food and eat together after funerals and memorial services to console one another, to say, I love you, I care about you, and I am here with you in your grief. We serve food at weddings and birthdays and other happy celebrations of life. Again, to say to one another, I love you, I'm here with you in your joyous time. Personally speaking, from the days my ancestors, the days of my ancestors, my Mizo people feast as a community for all occasions. We feast when we are happy and celebrating and we, when we are sad. We find some good things happen when we are gathered together and eating together. The Buddhists have a saying, it is easier to be religious when you're not hungry. <laughs> do you agree, right? I do too. Um, in, in Myanmar, they say, that means you are more easier to be religious when your stomach is not hungry. So much so that when a person has stolen your food because they're hungry to eat while you were not aware, they're not considered thief. Instead, you have been blessed because you have fed an hungry, a hungry person without knowing. Today's gospel story tells us that Jesus fed 5,000 men besides women and children at the end of the day. He could have sent them away as, they were, uh, as the day was ending. Instead, Jesus chose to feed them all. As I was preparing for today's sermon, I wondered how many volunteers were there helping Jesus and disciples feed the people. It couldn't have been just the 13 of them feeding the 5,000 plus women and children. The miracle in this story usually is considered to be about Jesus multiplying two loaves and two fish and five loaves to feed these host of people. To me, there is another miracle here when I was studying for this time. It is the people themselves. They could have chosen at the end of the day um, to go home to their own beds and their own homes where there is food and, and warm or if it was like here, uh, cool air conditioning. They had followed Jesus and into a deserted place on foot from all over town. So can you imagine how tiring it must be? But they all decided to stay with Jesus and his disciples instead. If I were among them, I can, pro I can almost be assured that I would say when the sun was going down, I should go home now. But no, they all stayed with Jesus. I imagine strangers becoming friends as they sat down and shared a meal with their teacher, Jesus sharing their stories and discussing what Jesus had been teaching them must have been meaningful to them. I can almost hear those who were healed from all kinds of sicknesses by Jesus sharing their testimony to other people. I imagine them saying and camping, staying and camping overnight on the grass in that deserted place with Jesus and his disciples. If I were there among them, I would have been sound asleep shortly after I ate, feeling safe and at peace in contentment. 
I grew up with my father reading Bible stories at our bedtime stories. The stories of Jesus feeding this 5,000 men plus women and children was one of my favorites. My father loved to invite and entertain people with the food he cooked. Being his daughter, I love to do the same. If you have not eaten my cooking and want to venture out, let me know. I feel great joy in cooking food of all kinds. I love to cook for others to say to them, welcome, thank you. I'm with you in your grief or challenges you're facing. Congratulations, or to say, God loves you and I love you too. My faith literally gets deepened when I witness people enjoying my food. I can only imagine how much joy Jesus with all those people in the deserted place eating the food he provided. Now, I do know that Jesus didn't cook. He did rather a miracle of multiplying the loaves and fish. Still, Jesus fed all those people. We always tell the story that my father went to cooking school because my mother couldn't cook and would not learn how to cook and he wanted to eat good food. But preparing for today's sermon, I wonder if a part of his motivation was this story of Jesus feeding all these 5,000 men plus women and children. Because, of, because all I can remember was my father cooking and feeding not only his family, but a whole host of people all the time. Now, just before this story, in the, all the four Gospels, Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus and all the people heard about John the Baptist's death by beheading. In his grief, Jesus withdrew and went to a deserted place. In their grief, the crowd needed to be close to Jesus, so they followed him. Despite his grief and need for solitude, Jesus felt compassion for them, staying with them, healing them, and giving them hope. In their grief, the disciples, the 12 of them, were overwhelmed and didn't know what to do with this huge crowd at the end of the day. Through, the feast of all, through this feast of fish and loaf, all of them were reconnected and revived in their faith. Jesus let the crowd stay with him. The crowd found safety and healing in being with Jesus. They found comfort in each other's company and in the disciples' service. The disciples learned the power and compassion of their rabbi or teacher, Jesus. They learned the power in trusting and obeying Jesus was the right thing to do. All of this fits with the role of food throughout the history and prophecies of Israel. In Isaiah chapter 25, verse 6 and 9b, we read, On this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. As scholar Jennifer Kaland tells us the simple details that Jesus did not send the people away is also remarkable. Instead of commanding them to leave, 
he invited them, Jesus invited them to sit down and to stay and to feast with him. Today we are invited to stay and sit at the table or stand and come by and, and enjoy the feast that Jesus has prepared for us. We will eat with Jesus and with each other and with the host of God's people all around the world. From this time who are still alive and those who have gone before us who are living with God in heaven, we shall feast together with Jesus Christ at this table. We give thanks to God and Jesus who make food meaningful to our faith. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O God, for Jesus Christ, your Son, and our salvation. This day, we especially give you thanks for your love that is inclusive for all who would come and be with you. Teach us to be your disciples today and teach us how to be a community together, feasting and practicing faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.